version of Elementary OS Loki is out, and it's more than a skin-deep update with lots of nice changes and improvements and a big new banner feature. Daniel Foray, the founder of Elementary OS, joins me to talk about the App Center and more. Elementary OS is one of the Linux distributions every time I install it, which is generally whenever they have news. I am then compelled, I, like, at least for a few moments, to put it on all of the things. It's such a slick, such a well-performing, good-looking distribution, Daniel. I always really respect the work you guys do, and I'm super excited about some of the new news you have, so thank you for joining me, sir. Thanks a lot for having me on. I'm pretty excited about this release, too. Yeah, well, I, I know from pre our previous conversations that a lot of work behind the scenes has been going into this. This is the new release to Loki. So am I right? It's Loki 0.41? Yeah, that's correct. So um, we, we're calling it a point release because it's still built on the same base. Uh, but this actually represents the development work we've been doing for the last eight months. And it it's not just um, minor package version bumps. We didn't just bump a few libraries. This represents like tons of new features and, and bug fixes. And, and it's all in the in our blog post. But it's it's a lot of work that we've been been putting into uh, yeah. Loki. I mean, uh, people are going to appreciate probably like, the new hardware enablements and stuff like that. So for somebody like myself, uh, I, I I tried out Loki when it first came out. I, I liked it a lot, but I haven't been using it as my daily driver since. So when I reloaded after this new release, to me, I saw a lot of new stuff. To me, it seemed like a lot of things were new. But I suppose if, if I've been a Loki user for a while now, I'm, I've just been getting these updates incrementally. But there is something large that probably just got pushed down to most people's computers, and that's the new App Center, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. That was the the new big exciting one uh, as we timed that to come out uh, with the ISO. So uh, we've been seeing a lot of feedback about it on social media, and it seems like people are really excited about it. And 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 it's been really cool to to finally get it out there. Um, yeah, and this is yeah, after you guys did a crowdfunder to get people right. to go out and help you put together in the sprint, and then you guys all got together and banged out some of the deets on it. And then, of course, it's been cooking now. And the thing that's sort of the big headline feature about the App Center is it's not just like a package manager anymore. It's a full-on app store, yeah? Yeah, so that's the big headlining feature is that uh, we now have a submission process. So people can go to uh, developer.elementary.io and sign up there and submit their apps. And they can actually monetize their apps. And we brought uh, pay what you want into App Center. Pay what you want. Now that's pretty. That's pretty cool because uh, that's something that's obviously been huge, like humble bundle and stuff like that. Of course, it also means there's a risk that people aren't going to pay anything, Daniel. So what do yeah. you? Get, yeah. How do you walk that line? Is is zero dollars and even an option? It is. Uh, it is an option. Why did you do that? Why did you do well, that? We there's a couple reasons. Um, one is philosophically. Um, we we have zero dollars on our website as well, and and the way we think the about it download, is yeah. right. And the way we think about it is that we really want people to pay for software, but some people just can't afford to pay for software. Yeah, and and even in some countries, like a dollar is too much. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so we want to make it so if you honestly can't afford it, like that shouldn't be a blocker to you being able to have like quality open source software. Uh, okay, I'm just going to play, I completely agree, but I'm just going to play devil's advocate um, because first of all, it's it's not like the App Center is the only place to get software. Somebody could go get a deb if they didn't want to pay for it. And second of all, it seems like this is crucially important that your users actually pay for the software. A, because it's the only way you're probably going to get more developers in. B, everybody's going to have their eyes on this because as far as I know, you guys are the only distribution doing this right now. And so it yeah. seems like <laughs> the attention is going to be on on how this project goes and giving people a, an option not to pay is a big risk. 
Yeah, um, and you know, so far from what we've seen uh, for our distro downloads, um, you know, people have decided to pay and and pay enough to where you know we uh, we have our company, and I you know this is my full time job. I'll pay what you want. Um, you know, we have okay. three people on salary from pay what you want. But you know, like you said, um, if people really want, they can go get the software someone somewhere else. And uh, so as a technical thing, like it doesn't really make sense to try to enforce um, a minimum value because right. that's not actually a real promise that we can make to developers. Uh, there's always a way for someone to just circumvent it and get their app for free anyway. So we decided, you know, we're not going to fight our users on this. Um, if they want to get it for free, they're going to get it for free. But we're going to make it as easy as possible and as painless as possible for them to support the developers that uh, they use their software. So let's talk about easy because uh, props to you guys. I, I tried it out before the show, and uh, you hit you hit the app you want to install. By default, uh, I was looking at like Notes Up. It's a dollar. You hit that, and if it's like the first time, or I don't know if it's the, for future purchases too, but it's just to me what appears to be a very clean, simple. I would guess Stripe interface. Yeah, yeah, we used uh, Stripe on the back end. So we modeled uh, our payment dialog off of uh, Stripe Connect, which is their um, kind of implementation. And it's it's super simple. Uh, they they put a lot of design hours into it, so I'm really confident in in uh, imitating their implementation there. And uh, it, I think it's, it's really easy to use. You just jump in. Like you said, you put your card details in. Uh, we don't have uh, saving payments yet, but that's like high up on the roadmap. We just got to make sure that um, we could do this in like a really secure manner, and, and then so I will get uh, prompted be, on. I get prompted on my next purchase as well. Uh, yeah, so it'll be like uh, you know, set and forget. You just uh, put your put your card in there. We'll save a, a token securely, oh, okay. yeah, and then um, you'll just yeah. be able to uh, you know unlock it with your key ring so kind of thing. Just so I understand, what information does the elementary OS project hold after I complete a transaction? We actually don't hold any payment information whatsoever. Uh, it goes through Stripe, so. Um, your card number and uh, all that jazz all goes to Stripe. The only thing that we see is uh, your email address, but we don't store it. Uh, we only use it because uh, we send you a receipt. Oh, so sure, it, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. it gets shot off to, uh, we're using Mandrill for our, for our emails. And so it yeah. gets shot off to Mandrill, and that's the only piece of personal information yeah. that even touches our servers. Uh, you know, Daniel, I got to say from past uh, app stores, I mean, my most, my, my biggest, the biggest stands out, of course, would be Click and Run, but also uh, Canonical's uh, app store, a software center on Ubuntu, very kludgy. You know, you had to go through and create an Ubuntu One account and then associate a credit card and set up your shipping address and all of this stuff for buying a, a digital piece of software. The experience in the elementary app store is much cleaner and much smoother. So it seems like using modern technologies, you guys have really been able to make something that is, I, I would argue, pleasant to use, which is a pretty unique experience when you're checking out and buying software to be able to say it's pleasant to use. But Daniel, I, with all of the software available, with things like Stripe available and all of this, why are you guys the only one doing this? Um... That's a really good question, actually. I, I don't know why we're the only ones doing this. I guess we just hit it at the right time. Like, this is a good time for where all the parts and pieces are available, and it just took somebody to come together and 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 put it into a kind of, co of a cohesive whole. So, you know, GitHub's really good now, and it's really popular, and people really enjoy using it, and they have all the right APIs uh, for us to be able to pull apps from GitHub really easily. And Stripe Connect is, is pretty mature and, and a good product now, and uh, a lot of a lot of other companies like uh, you know Lyft are, are using Stripe Connect to power their payments, and and so I think it's just a really good time 
uh, in the internet and in the industry for, for these kind of apps to be built. As someone who's always getting the question of how do I make money on the desktop for Linux on our Coda Radio program, I'm very excited about what you guys are doing. And so I, I thought maybe we'd talk about some of the headwinds that I'm seeing online. People have some criticisms. And I to me, they seem on the face of kind of ridiculous because probably the biggest one I'm seeing is, well, what's the big deal? This is pretty simple. There's not a lot going on here. It looks like it's a it's a it's a software repo and you can buy some software. I don't even see the ability to review or or leave a rating. What's going on here? This is pretty this is pretty obvious. But it, it to me Daniel that that comment that I'm seeing on several different sites and mostly on Reddit, it seems to me to sort of betray the an understanding of how your project works. Your project seems to work in a way that is actually sustainable. And this is where I wanted to get your comment because it's it's you didn't wait until everything was 100%. You got it you got something working. You got something shippable that delivered what you promised and actually got it out the door. Can you talk about that a little bit because I think people if they if they reset the way they think about this, it makes a ton of sense why it is the state that it is. Yeah, I mean definitely um you know the the first version that we shipped of App Center when we released Loki um 8 months ago was a package manager. And it was just bare bones. It could install and uninstall software from the repos. And this is the next iteration where we've added um, payments. And we're now working with this API. And then we had to build a whole new piece of software to handle um, the application submissions and um, connecting to your uh, Stripe account, things like that. So um, it, it is an iterative process. And when we started from a, a minimum viable product, you know, they call it, and then and so we're working, you know, on each step to just add a little feature here and some refinements there and then release that in chunks. And, um, you know, it it still takes a while to do all that kind of stuff. And I know that it can be downplayed as like, yeah, OK, you know, they just connected this thing to that thing. But uh, you can go on on GitHub right now. Um, github.com forward slash elementary and you can see uh, the code for both app center and uh, the dashboard which is codenamed Houston and you can see all the all the work that's been putting into it and uh, you know we actually had to hire a guy to build this product so it, can I mean, you talk a little bit about that about uh, the hiring process or yeah I mean that seems like a big step for the project yeah um, uh, well we hired um, Kind of internally from our, our pool of, of awesome uh, good yeah 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 absolutely yeah so uh, we had uh, this guy Blake um, who who was I mean he's been around for a long time and, and helped us on web stuff for quite a while and we kept talking about oh we want to build this product and stuff and and we found out that hey you know Blake's pretty good at, at Node.js and and so we started talking to him more about it and um, you know just pitched the idea and. Uh, we actually had a couple of previous meetups that we did where we were working on some of the like architecture pieces and deciding like, okay, how does the system work? And then, um, so we finally got all that in place and uh, kind of pulled the trigger on it and, and said, hey, this is a product that we want to build. Uh, it's going to take a developer's dedicated attention. And so we hired him to do it. And, and we believed that, um, you know, we're going to hire him right now and um, it's going to, 
pay off later. It, the Ooh, return man. on investment. That's a that's, as a small business owner, I understand that that gamble yeah. you're taking there. And God, I respect that because you know what it means is like when you guys commit to something, you're like, well, here's the actual internal personnel assignment that will make sure this actually happens. And it's not just all of a sudden a random task that falls on somebody else's shoulders that they have to do. And that's the real kind of business structuring behind a project that I think makes things successful. And it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's that's been the big stall on actually delivering um, a working app center for a long time. I mean, this has been a, a product that we wanted to build for years and it, it never got built. Um, and I think that that's largely in part to the fact that uh, we weren't able to throw the money at it, I guess. You know, sure. We, we, we needed that like um, that, that dedicated resource. resource. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's fascinating. So, OK, I got to ask you two questions. Let's start with the bad one and then end on the positive one. The bad one is what do you think it says if this just sort of is a mediocre success at best? What does that say? And then the second question is, is what does it say if it's a rather big success and it helps fund future development of the entire elementary OS project? Yeah, I mean, I think right now the worst case scenario is that uh, now our all our users have access to the latest version of a bunch of really cool apps that have been built for elementary OS. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the point we're at right now, right? Is um, yeah. that we have these these awesome custom tailored apps that people are submitting and they're pushing updates to them. Um, you know, we've been working with our beta testers and they push like several updates through there and they're they're continuing yeah. to make more updates. You have one yourself, uh, which is pretty pretty nice. It's a little minimal weather app, which I really like. Yeah, I really wanted to uh, dog food the the process myself, um, but we I just approved an update this morning for um, a developer who built a little uh, Debian package installer. And just since the other day, uh, he had some people who downloaded his app, reported a couple issues, he fixed them, pushed a release, and it's published today. So you know that's our worst case scenario is we have this really fast. Uh, deployment mechanism for developers to get feedback from users and ship those apps. You know, yeah, and really I suppose quickly. even with uh, <laughs> with fairly minimal engagement, it helps sort of pay for itself. But it seems like with a with a with a successful level of engagement, it could be a game changer for elementary OS, and it could be a game changer for getting people to develop software for desktop Linux. Like the the successful version of the story seems huge. Do you agree? Yeah, you know, and and I've seen a couple comments from people that they they always ask, you know. How come you guys are spending resources on this instead of this feature on this app or this feature on this app? And um, you kind of do. You got to look at it from a business strategy point of view and say that you know if this is a successful product, this is this is potentially like a huge source of income. And and if this is successful, that means that we can use this revenue to hire new people to put their attention on on building that feature and that feature. Yeah. And so now the question becomes, how do you make it successful? And it seems like one of the ways to make it successful would be to keep it fresh, to keep new software coming in, to give me a reason to open it up and check out what's new. How do you do that, though? Yeah. So um, there's a couple different things. And and one is that uh, we're, you know, we, we got to do things that aren't scalable, right? Like a big company uh, like Apple or Google doesn't have the ability to have one on one time with every developer. And we can do that. So, you know, we've been reaching out to people and we've been talking to them one on one and helping them get their apps uh, into App Center and, and talking to them through how they feel about the dashboard and making sure that it's a pleasant experience for them. And so that's, you know, we're, we're doing uh, our best to show some love to our developers. And, and love is something that doesn't scale to these other companies. And I think that's mm. a huge competitive advantage for us. Hmm. And um, one, one of the things I think I, I would just add to that is you guys have an actual story, which I hate using that term because it sounds... <laughs> 
sort of debaggy, but it is it is sort of the best way to say you guys have an actual story around how do I publish applications for elementary OS, and it's not just from now I can make money, but it's also from a design reference standpoint, tool sets, uh, the the granite, the common the foundation library for elementary OS apps, which gives you common sets of widgets. Uh, it's it's really like the it's the Linux distribution that has the most A to Z process that a developer can follow from inception to publishing and selling the application. It's good work, man. Thanks. Yeah, that's it's something that um, you know I kept seeing developers struggle with, and something that um, we've tried to do a lot is that developers come in from other platforms and they want to know how do I build an app. Uh, for this platform. And the the answer that a lot of other p- distros give is you can do it however you want. You can do it like this or like that or, you know, use this toolkit or, you know, it's confusing. They don't want all these options. They're like, well, you know, how do I do it though? Just give me the one, you know, so if we, uh, we have the, you know, the one true development path, it, it's easier. People can come in and they can, they can focus less on making a lot of choices they don't really care about and focus more on building the cool app that they envision. So I just have one more App Center question, then I just want to move on to a couple like big picture future stuff. Uh, so is it safe to infer from our conversation that things like ratings, reviews, and whatnot will be coming to future editions of it, of the App Store? Yeah, definitely. And we actually had a couple of uh, design sessions during um, our sprint that we did from um, the crowdfunding campaign where we talked about ratings and reviews and uh, what we think is not quite right about some of the systems that exist right now, what we like about oh, some, yeah. some of the systems. Um, and and so we're still trying to decide exactly how we want to proceed with that. But it is it is totally on the radar. And hmm. and we think that um, keeping people engaged with the application developers is super important. And so we want to make sure that we're we're doing that in a way where the feedback is useful. Yeah. And um, you're not just like getting inundated with like comments that don't apply to that version or duplicated nice. comments. Right. That Something that might have been fixed. Or, yeah. So, yeah, or just like arbitrary rating scales be, that don't mean anything. That'll be coming down the pipe in a maybe potentially in the Loki release. I think so. Yeah, um, you know, we're all set to continue to, uh, delivering new features to this release. Cool. So I think we're just going to keep keep iterating on it and 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 keep pushing out all the stuff we can. Now, was it just me, or did I also notice that things like Intel Microcode now showed up in my list of updates in the App Center? Which, if I recall from the Loki original release, that wasn't a thing, right? Yeah, and this has actually been a long time coming. Is is actually getting drivers uh, into App Center finally? Yeah, that's so, nice. Yeah, so that's something that's like a huge feature request that people have been asking for, and and it took us a while to get it um, to work correctly, but but we got it done, and, and now it's in. So I'm pretty happy about that. Now, I uh, I wanted to just talk about a couple of big picture things because uh, the the topic du jour right now is, of course, Canonical's decision to pull back from Unity, drop Unity eight, and just ship a stock GNOME desktop. Do you feel like there is going to be a shift in the market where there could be a larger opening for elementary OS? Here's why I ask, Daniel, because when I set this thing up, it has that Unity Smooth that uh, other desktops, except for maybe KWIN with Plasma, seem to kind of have. But like Windows open and launch and, and drag around on the screen in a way that Compiz does. 
uh, and it's 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 hard to describe it. But I've I've seen a lot of Unity folks that are saying more and more actually. It's kind of getting crazy that have tried to switch to GNOME and then have been um, upset with his performance with the way things just kind of operate. Switching back to Unity, they're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I loaded Elementary on this uh, Galago Pro over here, and I've been using it on this high DPI screen. And I have to tell you, if I was a Unity refugee, I would be seriously looking at this desktop. Your mind has to be turning on this topic. What are you thinking? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to throw too much shade on other people, but you know, I see like tweets from people at certain other companies about how they're building, you know, uh, web apps on Windows now, and <laughs> you know, we're we're focused on the Linux desktop. We're building native apps, you know, for Linux on Linux with Linux. So you know, I think. Um, you know, people ask about, you know, what, what companies are, are, are making money on the Linux desktop? You know, that's impossible. No, we're, we're making money on the Linux desktop. We're here and we love it. And, and, you know, this is our, this is our only focus. What is next? What comes next for elementary OS? It seems like app center is going to be a big focus for a while. I hear there's transitions from Launchpad. What's kind of coming down the pipe for the project? Yeah. Um, a big transition we're definitely going through right now is moving away from Launchpad to GitHub. And we're almost completed there. Um, uh, I mean, some other big things that are coming in general in the ecosystem is uh, containerized uh, application formats. You know, Snap and, and Flatpak are are uh, being tested right now and, and being deployed. And and so we're going to find out, um, you know, probably within the next year, like uh, what's the most viable option for us there. Uh, people are starting to ship Wayland, so that's you know another big uh, looming transition is is uh, talking about moving to Wayland. Um, so th- there's a lot of there's a lot of big things going on, but I think um, for us right now on the desktop, uh, we're going to be focusing on um, building out a better platform, uh, especially with respect to privacy and security features. Uh, because we're as we're getting these third party applications in, uh, there's going to be more concern about what do these third party applications have access to. Mm. So uh, one of the features that we shipped uh, in, already in this new version of Loki is that uh, when your um, microphone is in use, a little mm-hmm. microphone icon slides out into the panel. And so you can see that something is using that microphone. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and so we're working on um, right now to do the same thing for a whole bunch of other services. So we're going to have that for the camera and we're going to have that for location and, and we're going to have that for, for other devices and services that, that you might be concerned about. And we're going to start prompting for access to these services ahead of time. And we're going to have granular controls uh, in system settings so that you can go and say, hey, I don't ever want this application to be able to have access to this thing. I really look forward to watching all of that. Dang, that is, you know, I, I I really encourage people to go try out the new release. It is very, very slick. And if you are at all interested in independent software developers making a living by selling software on, on Linux, or at least helping contribute to that end goal, it seems like it'd be worth giving this a try, checking out the App Center. And if you're already an elementary OS user, consider kicking a few bucks to some of these projects and just, you know, help them experiment and test out the system. I think the end goal here could be big. One last question, Daniel, because if it does go big, you know what's going to happen. It's going to end up in the AUR. It's going to be in the copper repo. It's going to be on the OpenSUSE build service. It'll eventually be in some sort of PPA for Ubuntu. It's going to go to every desktop. Um, how do you feel about that possible eventuality? Um, I mean, there, there's a couple things people would have to do to port. Um, you know, one right now is there is code um, in App Center that is specific to um, Debian packaging, uh, specifically with related to drivers. So um, 
you know, you're going to have to either remove that feature or help us build a feature that, that is ISR agnostic um, for that. Um, but as far as, um, you know, the, the monetization stuff, you know, I, I hope that people fork it and build their own implementation. I hope that there's an Ubuntu Mate app center. You know, I hope that there's one for KDE and there's one for, you know, uh, Mint and, and whatever other platform. That'd be great. I think it would be uh, beneficial to the whole ecosystem if if people knew, if big players, uh, big ISVs knew that, hey, you know, mm -hmm. the people on the Linux desktop buy apps. You know, if they knew that, then then I think that they we would have a much easier time convincing them to ship some of these like essential, you know, business pieces of software that we're missing right now. Absolutely. And while I'm not a daily driver of elementary OS, I am absolutely a patron, patreon.com slash elementary. You might consider it too. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me and tell me about all the new stuff. Great work, man. I like to love you.